So folks, today is a special milestone episode on The Guiding Voice. You have tuned into The Guiding Voice 325th episode in the span of less than three years. And we have a special guest with us, one of our gurus, Mr. Yogesh Agiwal, a seasoned corporate leader turned entrepreneur focusing on leadership development. Let us take a glimpse into TGV's journey. The Guiding Voice was launched on May 17, 2020, and ever since, there is no looking back. We have released 325 episodes as of today, and featuring guests across 30 plus countries. We have also launched The Guiding Voice in Telugu language in 2022, and about 43 episodes are released. This year, we started TGV in Hindi, about 12 episodes are released, and we have published 74 blogs. Under the brand Think Hatke with TGV, you can search for it on LinkedIn or you can also find us on Medium, theguidingvoice.medium.com. And not only that, we have also published a book named TGV Inspiring Lives, Volume 1, which was released last year. And our second book is in progress as we speak. And on this momentous occasion, I would like to thank each and every one of you all my speakers, all the audiences who have been part of this wonderful journey, which has been enriching for me personally because I had an opportunity to speak to over 315 guests from 30 plus countries who have taught me numerous things which I have been applying in my professional and personal life. And so is the case with many of the audiences who have benefited from these conversations and many more to come, guys. Now let's talk about our guest. Yogesh Agiwal. He has started his career in 1989 as a software application specialist and then became business application specialist predominantly for manufacturing industries. He has lived in America, United Kingdom, Singapore for about a decade and was responsible for global implementation, customization and support of business applications. And he moved back to India in 1999 to set up offshore development centers for large multinationals. He always had a natural liking and inclination for people function. And in 2008, became organizational and behavioral specialist. He's currently enjoying the journey of transforming people and enabling their greatness through trainings with decades of business experience combined with world-class contents from Franklin Covey, Dale Carnegie, Crestcom, DDI, and Harvard, to name a few. He's also a coach for youth, helping them get ready from campus to corporates by conducting workshops in colleges and spending time on weekends, guiding them to achieve their dreams with a set of volunteers. I was fortunate to meet, uh, meet him way back in 2017 as part of a leadership program facilitated by his team. And to be honest, I still remember few of the modules Yogesh and his team has covered, especially the one related to emotional intelligence. And that's why we are able to talk to him about leading with emotional <laughs> intelligence. And Yogesh, if you remember, you guys have mentioned about that amygdala hijack. Yes. And also <laughs> the <laughs> it, it yeah. like creation of those automatic stories when people yeah. don't respond, right? I still remember that today. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you so much for tuning into the Guiding Voice podcast series, The Guiding Voice for a Better Future. I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow professional on a mission to make the world a better place to live. Through the Guiding Voice, we drive conversations that matter 
and conversations that add value to your life and to your career. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, Yogesh, hearty welcome to the Learning <laughs> Voice. I've been uh, uh, pondering to invite you for some reason. It happened at the right time. Thank <laughs> you for being a special guest on this special occasion, 325th episode. I'm super excited to have a conversation with you today. Super, super. Thank you. Thank you so much, Navin. And when you spoke about our program, I remember you being one of our very active participants at that time also. So, And sometimes I tell my customers and whoever that, uh, see, we are like artists as a facilitator, you know, so we become as much uh, you know active as the participants are so yeah. i remember you adding a lot of conversation in the in the session so yeah yeah so those leadership development is one of my uh, personal favorites and the way you guys have structured yes. those yeah. sessions was truly amazing and yes I mean, we, we make it not like a teaching session but a more conversation session yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All right. So let's get into the conversation, sir. I'm super excited because <coughs> my audience across 130 countries are also getting a chance to hear your insights or to watch yeah. your insights directly. So let me fire the first question. <laughs> yes, and uh, I think I've asked you in the past also, but uh, this is a public forum where our audience will also get to know about yeah. you. You had an illustrious corporate journey. And you yes, are one yes. of the super uh, performers in your career. And you have yes. been recognized by Azim Premji during your uh, stint at Vipro. Yes. And then uh, after two, two, three decades of corporate journey, you started crossover leadership journeys, okay, which yes. is brimming with success at this moment. Yes, yes. And uh, can you share the top three things that have attributed to your success so far? So, so Naveen, uh, when I look at and these may sound very simple to most readers, but uh, when I mentor some of the new entrepreneurs, I don't see they following this. And the first one for the success of crossover is the discipline. You know, so even today, uh, and from the day I started, uh, you know, I am still the same Vipro person. Like getting up at time nine thirty, I'm in the office. Uh, so it is it is a discipline which usually entrepreneurs think that. Once you are an entrepreneur, you can actually, you see those lovely pictures and you think that entrepreneurs are just there on the yacht boat and in the helicopter or in a cabin in the white, but that's not the reality. The reality is that behind the scene, there is lots and lots of work that is required and yeah. those people who are successful are disciplined. Yeah. And, uh, and I picked this up from Mukesh Ambani's lifestyle where Ten o'clock, he's in office, and ten o'clock only he leaves his office. So there's a twelve-hour regime that he follows for many, many years. Mm -hmm. So I come at nine thirty. Discipline is the first one. Yeah. Second is I think the ability to take risk actually. So mm -hmm. at crossover, we have had situation where the client gave us you know a topic that we had no idea of what it has to be, and the timeline was hardly uh, two weeks or sometimes even less than a week. And we took a risk of taking it up. Uh, we have gone into geographies where we had no idea how we will continue. And so I think as an entrepreneur, if you do the same stuff, I think there's not enough value. So I think you will have to take on new areas which is aligned to your strategy. So you don't take up something that is not aligned to strategy, but there is an element of risk that I think one should take. And I think the third part is, you know, uh, very passionate about uh, getting things better every day. Sometimes you get great feedback of your program. Like you said, 2017, you still remember. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't want to give you the same content today. Then Navin will say, "Yar, pehle to achcha tha, abhi dum nahi hai." So how do you essentially uh, make it better every day? So even yeah. today, after about eight years of our existence, we have still not let that content team go. Yeah. We are still a Harvard Premium subscriber. We mm. subscribe to so many journals. uh we have subscribed to so many platforms where we constantly do research mm-hmm. so because uh, if you don't carry that passion in your entrepreneur organization yeah i think sooner or later you will start seeing the dip in your company mm so three things discipline mm-hmm. ability to take risk and mm-hmm. passion to get better every day continuous improvement yeah yeah continuous improvement absolutely wonderful so yeah. now now uh, have another interesting question again yeah. this yeah. this is something which i ask every entrepreneur and every yeah. leader who has begin their entrepreneurial journey because as mm-hmm. you said people look at rosy side okay mm-hmm. uh, looking at their pictures on different magazines or probably <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the helicopter or taking a ride yeah. yeah. right but you 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 might have undergone a lot of hardships and uh, some of the things yes. right which yes. might have been unforeseen and as an entrepreneur yes. what are some of the toughest lessons that you have learned which you didn't anticipate and after especially quitting your highly <laughs> paying corporate job so you know the first one was you know see when i was in wipro i was uh, the general manager for uh, leadership development and at least in a week there were like couple of vendors coming and meeting me and wanting to take my time yeah so yeah. they are waiting in the lobby and here i was waiting in the lobby to meet even in cdk to gauri for example yeah, yeah. and uh, gauri you know i had actually hired her in wipro you know can you imagine that uh, you know like uh, somebody who actually was reporting to you actually you're waiting in the lobby for them you know so that was like tough at times to really um, accept to the fact that mm. i think you have changed the seat you're on the other yeah. side of the game and Uh, and there's nothing wrong in the other side because there are people who get so busy they, they give you an appointment and they don't keep they're not able to keep up the time and you really yeah. have to be waiting for them to uh, give you the time so that was the first part the second i think top part was that in business you will uh, always have challenges on either your cash flow is get into problem or you will uh, face uh, you know something that uh, you never had in the corporate life that on 31st you will get the sms the salary got credited but here there are customers where payment doesn't come up but you have to give your employees so that was like the top lesson to go through the phases where uh, such financial uh, you know short runs happens for you so yeah. two yeah. things i think were toughest for me to adjusting to the new normal yeah. for me and yeah. handling those uh, tough financial times in between yeah Yeah. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. Uh, and yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 let's yes. now uh, switch to the core of today's topic, like uh, leadership. Yes. Leadership means many different things to many people, <laughs> and every some somebody assumes management and leadership are same. Somebody says leadership is leading from front, and if you talk about the one who is implementing agile, they say servant leadership is the leadership. Yeah. Right? So like yes. everybody has their own version of leadership, and yes. now I want to. I'm curious to understand what is leadership in your opinion. Yes, yes. So the ones which you talked about, Navin, are definitely required. There is no doubt yeah. about it. But yeah. I always want to bring out a performance angle to leadership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, while what you said is definitely required, no doubt. Yeah. Servant leadership is surely required. Leading from front is required. 
but what i i feel i think four things that i think every leader should uh, consider is first is integrity yeah and when you say integrity is you know uh, being whole and complete mm-hmm. okay so if you look at lot of leaders you know they will do uh, say uh, 10 things and they get tired and then they don't do the 11th thing yes and i give this example of an hospital right you know you go to hospital and they say that sir sab kuch theek hai but oxygen nahi chal raha Will that be all right? No, I think it's it's out of integrity. Meaning, yeah. you have to do that eleventh thing also. Yeah. So uh, I tell leaders that integrity is whole and complete. Meaning, whatever you have committed to the client, like for example, at crossover, our entire sales team would never yeah. submit a proposal without seven reviews. Can you imagine? Wow. Yeah. Meaning, it will go through seven reviews. You know, whether yeah. it is uh, the graphics, whether it is the language, whether it is the executive summary. so that's so and we have seen that whenever we have cut short sometimes like if suppose there is a, a multiple purpose going at the same time people are falling sick or whatever and we have uh, done a less than 7 we have mm-hmm. found a problem in the proposal which means that you have to be whole and complete the first uh, you know leadership in my mind yeah. something is about authenticity yeah so a lot of people think that authenticity is like telling the truth so for example if uh, you know if i come on this episode late yeah. and i tell uh, ravin that you know i mean i'm so sorry there was a client call and i could not join on time uh, now a lot, lot of people think i told you the truth and yeah. that is authenticity in my view authenticity is telling the truth and taking action which mm-hmm. means i'll tell navin that uh, navin i know this was 325th episode but if you invite me again on the 500th episode i'll ensure that i'll be there at 330 that is you have told the truth but you have taken action yeah that is authenticity there is second lesson i think of leadership mm-hmm. the third is you know ownership that you know i mean lot of time leaders have this you know tendency to blame somebody else you know so when covid happened i know that lot of companies shut down and they say that is because of the virus and it because of this and because of government lockdown yeah and we made double the business in covid can you imagine Yeah. because we took the ownership of saying that if uh, covid is not letting us go to lessons in per- in person i think can we tap into the audience worldwide so we did mm-hmm. session in dubai germany the wow. mm-hmm. clients some of the clients they said that see you had this travel budget for me to come every month to do a yeah. session can i use the budget to go and uh, you know do sessions for dubai participants mm-hmm. they loved it because they didn't have to pay anything extra it was already budgeted right yeah. point is can you take ownership of your actions and not mm. hold anybody responsible yeah the third when the last is i think uh, humor is also very important you know so a lot of times leaders are very serious <laughs> so they take it things too personally and sometimes they uh, don't diffuse the tension in the team yeah so you can bring in humor as one of the leadership quality which is not so much talked about but yeah. i think And you have seen Navin, right? How humorous we do programs at crossover, you know. So I, I, I still <laughs> so remember we, that. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel as if the whole day has passed by, but we just have fun doing the program. So I think, um, you know, integrity, authenticity, ownership, and uh, humor. I think are the four qualities that I generally feel, uh, you know, we should look at. Yeah. So one thing on the humor part, what I've seen is uh, many leaders they try to crack a self-deprecating joke at times. Yes. Right. So it's okay to be normal. That is how they try to lighten up the mood of people there. Yes. 
Okay. No. But I think there was one caution there. I think humor mm-hmm. should not be very sarcastic. It should be very mm-hmm. graceful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like it should not really hurt anybody's feeling. It should be very graceful. Right. Yeah, right. That, that's one caution. So, and hence, I attend when you talk about reading books, and I always tell that we should read books because uh, that gives you a language that you can pick up. You know, like mm-hmm. for example, if you look at Richard Branson as a leader, I know he's yeah. going through some tough times now, but yeah. he generally carries a very beautiful sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, if you look at Anand Mahindra, he carries a very beautiful sense of humor. You know, if you look at his tweets, it will have an element of very beautiful humor. Yeah. So that is also a very good quality every leader should you know develop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think not many leaders focus on this humor part and they tend to be serious and uh they don't probably realize the fact that they are being observed actively and passively. Because uh-huh. if I were to talk about my journey, I have got influenced passively and actively by many of my CIOs who acted as mm-hmm. site leaders throughout my journey. And yes. somehow it gets cascaded, right? The kind of behaviors mm-hmm. which we adapt and all. Yeah. Yes. yes. So there's one uh, humor also in Wipro, you know, we used to get paid if you are staying late uh, after 8 o'clock, you know, like as a policy. Now, as a manager, you know, generally people would say, if I were to make them sit late, mm-hmm. I would say, I think we have this P1 issue and, you know, you can reimburse in canteen and all that, right? What I would say is, hey, guys, let's do pizza party tonight. <laughs> so the people would say, sir, I know that you're asking us to stay late. What is pizza party? So, <laughs> so then I'm asking for the moment. So it's actually no pizza party. It's actually right. staying late. But mm-hmm. the way you put it across was so humorous that, you know, they would, and I'll tell them that don't tell your wives also that you're ordering pizza for them. You know, at that time, there was not so much of swiggy and all that, but we would tell them that let them also go out and eat so that you're not holding them back at work. You know, so tell them ahead of time. You know, mm-hmm. so what happens is if you bring in humor, then the tense moment also becomes very normal. You know? Yeah, yeah, good one. I think that's <laughs> a, a very profound uh, thing which everybody has to, every leader has to inculcate in them. Yes, yes. And, now let's talk about the traits of leaders that have inspired you. Yes, yes, yes. So some of the, I think, I was in some form very lucky, Naveen, to really get some very good bosses here over the yeah. years. And I was very fortunate, like starting with my first boss in my first job. What I learned from him was a real hard work. You know? And mm. when I say hard work, is not like painful work. You know, we used to enjoy, like we used to go... Uh, work at a consulting company during the day and evening yeah. we go to our office and develop software products at that time in way back in 88, 89. So mm-hmm. that was like the first lesson I really learned. Uh, the second was I think focus. Mm-hmm. So And I'll talk about Doug, uh, my boss in US uh, and in one of the, you know, I mean, I, I always, recall, I don't know if I spoke about him in the CDK session, but mm-hmm. he was like real focus guy in the sense no matter what the customer is yelling at you or shouting at you, you know, his focus was getting the issue resolved. Yeah, you will yeah. never get into the emotion of the language of what the customer is using. He will say, I think there is an issue. Uh, he'll focus on the issue. So the second uh, you know, trait, I think, is the focus. The first is hard work. Second is focus. Third, I think, is like simplicity. You know, And uh, I remember my one of my bosses at Wipro, I mean, when you look at his dressing, it was very simple. And mm-hmm. But when he stands up in front of the customer, uh, in his simplicity, he will bring in profoundness. Meaning mm-hmm. He will bring in the depth in the conversation. Mm-hmm. What I learned from uh, this boss was that I think you don't need to be an 
he was he was well dressed i mean there was no problem but he was not like utterly stylish about his level he was like fairly a simple guy but when he speaks i think his simplicity people would appreciate for his depth of his conversations his whole focus his whole attention was on the quality of conversation rather than the style that he will have and the last i think is uh, you know thinking about the future was my last boss you know so i remember you know he was building uh, and it was again in wipro and he was building lot of training centers and i remember mm-hmm. lot of people telling him hey iska kya zarurat hai you are building mm-hmm. a 600 seater auditorium yeah and uh, he would say yeah i know zarurat to nahi hai but let's see yeah. and yeah down the line we need another 600 seater auditorium can you imagine is able to see so much ahead of time so i think mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. ability to develop that big picture is also a trait you know so Uh, i think simplicity hard work uh, big picture mm-hmm. and i think focus are the mm-hmm. four i think traits mm-hmm. that i think every leader should develop themselves on mm-hmm. i think these yeah. are re- remarkable this yeah, yeah. remarkable yeah, yeah, so, yeah now uh, let's move to the next question and this is uh, for the first time leaders perspective what are <laughs> the sudden mistakes that they do okay after taking that leadership position for the first time So, so you know, if you look at this, you can learn from little bit of politics also. Like, so whenever a new party comes, right? They say, "Boss, the old party's schemes are closed." So, I think as a leader, uh, what my predecessor has done mm-hmm. is actually in that context, it was all right. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, we should not forget the context. Yeah. So, the tendency of every, and I recommend this book also, Navin, uh, mm-hmm. for the first ninety days. Mm-hmm. Uh, by uh, uh, I think uh, Ma- uh, uh, Michael Watkins uh, is Michael the Watkins. name. Mm-hmm. It's a very beautiful book. I think everybody in leadership should read. Mm-hmm. So it talks about what mistakes one makes in ninety years. One is that uh, don't really uh, discard what your predecessor has done. That's the okay. first. Thing. Second is I think there is this uh, issue of recency influence. You know, meaning you only remember what happened recently. So a first-time manager. when he does appraisal i think he looks at last two months uh, work that people have done and he rates them very nicely but forgets about all the people who have done so much in eight months yeah so mm-hmm. that is the second because he will learn as he does appraisal discussion but that is a second one and third is that i think uh, not looking at a larger picture you know so many a times you know you just look at your own incentive you look at your own department you are not looking at a larger picture so that myopic view Mm-hmm. has to be you know also looked at you know so the first time managers has to be careful about not being myopic about their own department but start developing that a bigger thinking much ahead of time mm-hmm. they will learn later but i think that's too late in the game so i'm saying that uh, if first time manager can look at these three things it can be very helpful for them mm-hmm. so on the on the recency influence i think this is uh, first time i'm uh, coming across as a formal conversation but many times it is being overlooked yeah like if you want to avoid that recency influence right uh, what are some best practices that somebody as a leader can do because uh, what i have done personally is i used to maintain the list of accomplishments and everything yes. a journal kind of thing right yeah. likewise yeah. you have any tips for to yeah. overcome this Uh, recent influence so th- there is one part of it the second part of it is you know i always felt that uh, i think having uh, you know some uh, mechanism of you yourself also taking feedback you know mm-hmm. from your team members regularly mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because uh, you know, many times that biases that you carry can be in, uh, can be addressed when you get feedback. So mm-hmm. you know, so if you and then the last part is I think the appreciation that you give also has to be balanced. You know, because yeah. there are chances that you uh, you know giving appreciation too quick, too fast. So yeah. related to this, but this idea of journaling is amazing. Yeah, I I would also have recommended uh, you know mm-hmm. because. Your brain cannot remember all those instances. Right. In so having a list always helps. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, a great conversation so far. Now let's talk about the second part of the topic, <laughs> which is the emotional intelligence, which has yeah. taken a hot seat these days, and people yeah. with high EQ are being preferred for leadership position because, especially in this UCA world, like yeah. where things are volatile, uncertain. Complex and ambiguous, I think EQ plays a very vital role. Yes. So, why should leaders inculcate AI, in your opinion? So, I have been like, since you, I, I am so glad that you remember the 2017 session that itself says that, you know, you really connected with this topic. And, yeah. Yeah. and the more and more I see, I think two aspects to it, Naveen. One is the the medical aspect to it. Okay, so mm-hmm. when you've been talking too much about the business benefit uh, and i'll i'll talk about some instances how that can happen but also the medical benefit yeah it means that uh, if you are uh, not able to handle uh, the vuka world you know what is happening is that your body is constantly under pressure uh, so you know uh, from a chemical angle the body secret cortisol so moment you see a news that there is one more recession hitting the body mm-hmm. is actually secreting cortisol Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't really develop this uh, management of emotional intelligence, then it runs by default. Yeah. Okay. Which means that it will continue to generate cortisol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But if you learn this whole idea of connecting your, like if you briefly uh, look at AI, there are two parts of our brain. One is the limbic system and the prefrontal cortex. So in yeah. limbic system is all our past experiences. Yeah. So when you look at a past recession and if it, been, it has been very bad for you, those memories come back to you again and the body responds with cortisol. But if you were to now look at a new habit of looking at how even in this COVID times, people have really succeeded. They have grown yeah. and can do something from there. And then your body starts secreting other chemicals which negates cortisol. Mm-hmm. So I would say that I think and also your teams look at you uh, you know, when there are challenges in this world that how is my leader, is he stable enough? Mm-hmm. If I look at stable, I think their EQ also becomes all right. But then yeah. if you are yourself in stress, then you will going to put more stress to people. And same with the customers also. Mm-hmm. So with these customers, when we give this, you know, interesting idea of using the travel budget for doing session in Dubai and Germany, uh, it really eased them out of the tension because they thought that what will we do because the training department is going to shut down is what the thinking was. Mm. The moment we diverted them, they started also getting recognition from the uh, locations where training was never done in the last seven years. Mm-hmm. And they did that. So EQ can help in every aspect. Yeah. Uh, and if you can manage, then when you go home, uh, you mm. don't carry the stress because you then realize that the kids has no role to play in the you know conflict that you had at your work because you now rely and also from a conflict point of view in EQ you would have seen Naveen that the conflict is a lack of information. So yeah. I am upset with Naveen because I have never spoken to Naveen about why 
uh, he does certain action when navin says that i have never spoken to yogesh and this is a mandatory action now if you don't use ei then you are actually creating a rift for too long mm. and the more the rift the more it is difficult to come back right so from all aspect i would say you know and uh, and the future while on one hand you got chat gpt you got you know, things happening every day uh the future looks to be quite scary if you don't enjoy this uh, new changes yeah if you learn to manage yeah then actually this becomes like beautiful creation every day mm-hmm. like you know i was on a call with haisia uh, just in the afternoon today and they asked me to create a program for uh, hr leaders on impact of hr gpt and maybe other technology on hr mm-hmm. and i was giving our own example of crossover Mm-hmm. so what we do with chat gpt is that we actually ask chat gpt to create a lot of content for us yeah and then we use that as a base yeah now our research time is dramatically reducing because of that yeah earlier people thought that oh my content team started worrying that what will happen to us i said nothing will happen to you what now they are doing is instead of they creating a program and researching with the base data they are now creating more insightful program because chat gpt is giving them the base Yeah. Uh, ready, right? Instead of making ChatGPT as a threat, actually it becomes your friend. Yeah. Is it? So, yeah. but it can become only if you manage AI. Right. You don't manage AI, then you're scared. You will not even go and look at ChatGPT. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. So that's the power of AI, and uh, I always feel that every leader should pick that up in their journey. Yeah. yeah. So one thing on the ChatGPT slash AI tools part, right? Yes. So if we if we don't use it, I think uh, that will be a problem. Uh, I came across a quote which says, uh, "It is not that Chat GPT is going to impact your job or AI tool is going to impact your job, but if you don't use Chat GPT, that might impact your job." Which means, right? <laughs> Because see, what will going to happen, Navin, is that the client is going to continue to become more demanding because. Right. There is another training company is going the program in say two weeks, for example. Now, how they are doing? Because they are using Chat GPT. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a question that you you know you can escape any of the new development that are happening. Yeah. If you take advantage of all that, they are good for us. Yeah. Indeed. No doubt. I'm correct. Now, yeah. uh, going back to the EQ part, <laughs> would you be able to share any incident from your professional career or yes. your own observation where somebody has demonstrated great emotional intelligence? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, I was uh, talking to you about Doug. Uh, you know, with whom I think I got interested in AI from that time when I saw Doug's way of dealing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug was traveling quite a bit, you know, and uh, he came in I think on a Tuesday morning, mm-hmm. and we had a review at eleven. Uh, okay, and he just came into office, and uh, four of us reporting to Doug were in the call with the client, mm-hmm. and uh, Doug didn't had a chance to review with us, so he got onto a call, and on the other side, uh, the CTO of the client organization started like really. uh he started with a very upset note on the call and he told Doug that i feel like giving this book called dummies for sequel karke you know there was a, mm-hmm. a book that used to come at that time you know and mm-hmm. what that means is that your team is dummy and i want yeah. to give you a book you know that was his indirect message to all of us mm-hmm. and uh, Doug was quite senior and this client was fairly not a very large client for us you know it was a small project and 
and I knew that I think uh, what he's saying is not right because a lot of stuff he has not done on his side and the mm-hmm. delays are because of his team and not because of us. Yeah. And I didn't want to intervene because they are talking to Doug and we are just on the side uh, sitting with Doug. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that Doug should actually, you know, take on head on with this uh, CTO and tell him that this is not right to be speaking on the call like this. So as we were stepping out and mm-hmm. uh, Doug was, uh, you know, like uh, very quietly sitting in his cabin and after half an hour, I came to Doug and I said that, Doug, why did you not, uh, you know, speak back to the client who was using such foul language on the call? Mm-hmm. And Doug said, uh, I'll talk to you, but can you give me the report that why was there delay from uh, from our side? So I mm-hmm. said, Doug, there was no delay. It's actually pending approval in his direct report. Mm-hmm. Like, and I Then Doug said, can you share the details with me? And out of the 25 issues, mm-hmm. there were 16 on them and oh. only eight on us, mm-hmm. uh, which was only dependent on those 16. Yeah, so it, in, in short, there was nothing on our side. Yeah, yeah. So, and while we ended the call, Doug told the CTO that, uh, can you give me a couple of hours and let's connect at four o'clock again. And mm-hmm. then we connected at four o'clock. And, uh, you know, by that time, Doug had sent the details to the CTO. And CTO realized that it was actually their mistake. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he was like, absolutely now, he didn't really have a face to hide because he realized that he should not have used the foul language in the morning. Right. Mm-hmm. And Doug did not use any morning reference in the call. He just simply said that, can we go get those 16 issues resolved so that mm-hmm. we can move forward? And uh, the next day I went to Doug and I said that, uh, Doug, uh, you should have at least talked about the morning. You know, you should not use a foul language. Doug said to me that, where is your focus? I said, <laughs> and I got the answer. He said, yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, mm-hmm. what you said, you know, the matter is that have we resolved the issue? He learned his mistake on his yeah. own. Mm-hmm. You don't need to remind about that. Yeah. And Doug said that if I had used those language and if he had called off the project, mm-hmm. you would have 10 people sitting on the bench for next two months. Mm-hmm. So my focus was what do I do with those 10 people? Yeah. Yeah. And it was my mistake that I was, since I was traveling, I did not really review with you before we got on a call. Yeah. So the point was, he took complete ownership. Mm-hmm. He showed complete empathy. He uh, stayed focused on what is required. And and I think four months later, Doug told me one more thing. He said, you remember this call with the CTO? I said, yes. He said, I had five lunches with him in the last four months. Because <laughs> to recover from that foul language is actually compensating by inviting Doug again and again for lunch. Say, Can we go here? Can we go there? He gave four references. Mm-hmm. We realized that he's not a big customer, but can he give reference? Because he saw that this is a leader who really can manage EI so well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he recommended four more guys. This is a fantastic experience of he using EI right in the context of that issue that we saw. Yeah. Super. So very, inspiring and wonderful. Story. Very inspiring. Very. And so from that time onwards, I, you know, and at Crossover, we have. Never had a client that, uh, you know, has uh, discontinued after we started serving them because uh, we really learned that from Doug so beautifully. Yeah. Amazing, Yogesh. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's move ahead to the next question. Uh, if somebody is uh, interested in enhancing EQ, which is the most important aspect <laughs> these days, as we have been talking yeah. about. Yes. So yeah. what are your tips for those who want to enhance their EQ? 
or they should attend our session indeed we are going to publish your website details and the contact secondly i think there are i think three or four researchers i should ask them to read about you know so one is a uh, daniel goldman obviously continues to be our uh, dada of ai so that is one you should refer for sure there is another guy called richard boyatsis you know so uh, richard b o y t z i z mm-hmm. yeah so he is a very good researcher again from harvard and mm-hmm. then there is any mckay double n i m c k e e so three have got written many books i think people can pick up any of their books are very very nice mm-hmm. the last one small book i you know if people don't want to read long books there's a very nice book called emotion intelligent 2.0 mm-hmm. by travis bradbury mm-hmm. so i think if they can read the last book also is very nice uh, it's a, it's a small book hardly about 50 pages uh, it's very uh very prescriptive oriented so you can just pick up that and start practicing so these four four authors are very nice you know, richard bart is like if you listen to him you want to hug him in the call itself it's so 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 beautifully narrates uh, you know his mm-hmm. thought process and very very touching mm-hmm. yeah super and uh, great conversation super <laughs> let's add some spice to the episode i'm going to kick off a yeah. big rapid fire round with your content Sure. Shall we do it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Here comes the first bullet. And uh, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world, or be able to talk to animals? I would say I would love to talk to animals because our entire family is pet lovers, and we have like, we had pets at home. And I keep telling that there is so much that you can learn from pets. You know, yeah. leadership quality from. how can you be a better human being you know no no better teacher than a pet yeah i would i would rather prefer the animal part in you know? <laughs> yeah. good good one good one and uh, next uh, moving to the next one uh, if you were given a chance to choose between invisibility or super strength which one would you choose invisibility because that's a that's a leadership quality that i think uh, we have seen from so many leaders in india itself and abdul kalam is one of them yeah. so Mm. i would uh, prefer invisibility mm-hmm. yeah good one and uh, uh, abdul kalam ji is uh, a role model for millions yeah. of people right <laughs> <laughs> and can you describe yourself in just one word humble humble yeah and that is one quality that uh, we practice at crossover also mm. so you will never see a facilitator and you saw that in 2017 that yeah. no matter what question you post to us we will always Uh, answer in a very humble manner yeah, yeah. <laughs> i agree conquer with you and moving to the next one what is the weirdest thing that you have ever eaten <laughs> i never realized that i think people can eat something like pizza roll <laughs> so that, yeah. and this was like a, a very sumptuous meal i had in one of the cities where they had actually converted the pizza to a pizza roll pizza roll <laughs> pizza was like so you could actually have it as a pizza Mm-hmm. or even have it as a role which is mm-hmm. unique uh, to mm-hmm. me I've never seen very big you know uh, yeah. yeah yeah okay moving to the next one if everyone in the world had to get married when they reach a certain age what would that age be i would say i think they should get married at 18 you know, because <laughs> uh, after that they can start you know developing themselves together otherwise mm-hmm. by the age of 25 and 28 and 
they have developed their identity so much especially you know i mean the identity gets developed much earlier yeah, yeah. 14 to uh, 30 is where it gets solidifies mm-hmm. so yeah. you imagine if you were to put them in 18 age they can actually grow together nicely you know so uh, then my son got married recently so i am seeing the need for them to get married much earlier you know? <laughs> no this is a great perspective because uh, uh, the uh, later you get married like after 28 30 and all i have seen people getting into transactional mode and yeah. even their conversations are like uh, business conversations this is what yeah. i am going to do this is what yeah. you have to do yes yes, yeah. yes absolutely yeah good one good one and uh, with that let me find the last bullet uh, what is one electronic gadget that you like to see or invent yourself yogesh <laughs> i keep wondering that you know can we have a device that can read emotions of others and tell us what is the best response you know because at a human level i am still struggling you know because many times uh, you know i uh, despite me knowing everything about ai there are times that i later know that that's not the best response i gave you know so if the device can help me with that i can just surrender myself to that device you know? <laughs> some some other gpt idea in fact it is yeah yes yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, great rapid fire, and with that, let's uh, go back to the mainstream. And yeah. what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to grow as a leader in their careers? So now, I always feel that you know, I mean, all of us really have you know lots and lots of ideas that comes to our mind. Uh, whether the idea becomes a reality or not, I don't know. Okay, but mm-hmm. the one practice that I would let my listeners try to practice is that the ability the practice of writing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and writing all the thoughts that uh, you know comes to your mind and whether you implement it now you implement it uh, two months later you implement it one year later doesn't matter yeah mm-hmm. don't let those thoughts ideas uh, not get registered in a piece of paper yeah So when you come to my office, I'll just show you what you can see on the cameras. You can see the number of ideas you can see here. Yeah. Then there is this post-it. Yeah. Then yeah. there is note card. Yeah. So you will see my office fully surrounded with papers. And at least today, I would have like 150 ideas that yet to be implemented across the world. So much that you have. So the idea is to uh, work on that because then what happens, Naveen, is that uh, you actually never uh, get depressed about. Uh, what is the future looking like yeah. mm-hmm. there is so much that you have to do so this habit of writing uh, every day and yeah. keeping mm-hmm. your notepad uh, with you mm-hmm. uh, the implement uh, will give you a reverse motivation to innovate more and more mm. yeah because uh, you know when and many times you look at those ideas and uh, something new fires in the idea yeah. so so that is one practice and the last is that Uh, wherever you have committed those idea to somebody, mm-hmm. as you mm-hmm. know, like if Navin tells me that you have to come for that podcast and I like that idea, commit right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't say I'll get back to you. Let me see my calendar. All that is like <laughs> a leadership trait, you know. So commit and then honor that commitment. So if you can write down and then there is no looking back. I think mm-hmm. people many times ask me that how has Prosper Gold grown, and I say that I don't really know uh, that there is one single formula for that you know like everything mm. kind of comes together in whatever yeah. work if you put all that in one perspective mm. you can see that happening very beautifully yeah 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 good one and uh, i i can resonate with point number 2 uh, 
in fact whenever something comes to me as an idea i typically put it in my whatsapp group or i send a message to my wife yes. or something so that it takes uh, sticks with me yeah yes. and uh, yeah that that's so uh, good great idea in fact yeah wonderful yes. idea yes. and uh, other than that uh, uh, the tentative part right i have seen many youngsters uh, when we send the calendar invite they mark it as tentative and i get curious why did you mark tentative when you have accept declare and propose new time because yes. tentative is designed for a different purpose yes absolutely absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah good one and uh, with that again i coming to the last and the most favorite part because uh, you read a lot of books and you have cited so many books already with regard to emotional intelligence but in yes. general so what are the top 3 things that every individual must read so now you know this the three books that i will recommend uh, you know and i'm rec- recommending you this book because uh, you know there is a fundamental issue that i think especially in the indian context we've been brought mm-hmm. up with you know like like bachpan se humko bolte na are to bahut bol raha yaar stop that bol mat you know like so we've been taught that pin drop silence yeah. so i mean things are changing now but i yeah. think still the larger population so there is a very beautiful book called talent code talent code yeah okay mm-hmm. by daniel coyle okay mm-hmm. so very beautiful book which talks about uh, how talent uh, you know if it is uh, not inborn with you mm-hmm. you can actually develop okay if you practice certain things over a period of time there is a mm-hmm. chemical called myelin that get generated in your body meaning you know if navin wants to become a world class guitarist mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. next few years you uh, can mm-hmm. actually because uh, when you practice certain things over a period of time your reflex of that muscle comes from myelin mm-hmm. not from that navin is born like in musician no yeah one is in the other one book yeah second book which is connected is a book called drive drive uh, mm. you know it talks about intrinsic motivation so mm. what motivates so lot of time people look at luxury cars look at big houses and they think that that's real motivation no that is not sustainable so how do you keep yourself motivated is a very beautiful book called drive mm-hmm. and then the last book i think is the innovators dna Yeah, which is the third book, and as you can see, these are very beautifully connected. Yeah, read talent code, read uh, drive, and then read innovators DNA. Mm-hmm. So innovators DNA basically talks about you know how can you actually become creative. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know Clayton Christensen and Hal Gregerson, they actually looked at who are the most creative people in the world. Mm-hmm. Traveled for seven years with them, and when they observed, what did they do? and they actually put that in the book and then they gave the recommendation for another 7 years for people to try that and wow. so it can become creative mm-hmm. it means it showed that you it's not that your people can be born creative but you can actually become creative by those practices wow. so they talked mm-hmm. about five things that i think each one of us should practice to become creative and uh, which company would not want creative people in the organization so these three books i think i always recommend Mm-hmm. a foundational book irrespective of which mm-hmm. profession you are in which uh, country you are in which geography you are in they are like uh, beautiful books to read actually it's super yeah. mm-hmm. and i'm going to publish the links to these books in the show notes yes yes yes, yes. and uh, yogesh thank you so much this was such an enlightening conversation <laughs> and uh, yes. i was able to rekindle the spirit of that aldp training i know i, know. I can imagine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs>
super super i'm glad i think uh, I, i i mean we had a great time and it's always a pleasure to connect with my participants yeah and uh, as you know crossover has always been like you never feel that we are a training company you right. feel with your colleagues that you're coming together and having a chat you know so yeah. and that's how we have been in touch with lot of lots of colleagues like uh, participants mm-hmm. become like our colleagues mm-hmm. and i think uh, they keep referring us also to other new places where they say these are good people and mm-hmm. uh, that's how we also get lot of new business actually mm-hmm. so it's a good win win for all all the parties wonderful yeah i think uh, as you said that humility part and also the creativity part because you guys have been reinventing yourselves and you are oh, so yeah. approachable that that's one of the secrets as i would say yeah yeah absolutely it's, it's a pleasure to always uh, talk to people and i always tell that well there are thousands and millions of books in the market but i think every conversation can help uh, you know because there may be a certain listener who loves the way i speak and the way you ask question yeah. yeah and this episode can touch their lives you know so yeah so absolutely this is an effort uh, that uh, anytime you want me to come on your show <laughs> my pleasure actually. absolutely we are going to do a lot of uh, more episodes and uh, thank you so much yogesh for joining me and thank for your time and all the wonderful insights that you shared sure, with sure. our audience today thank you thank you so much so folks that was our episode with yogesh agiwal i think he has shared a lot of insights which will help us lead with emotional intelligence and before we move into the trigger section here in interest you please subscribe to us from that wherever you have tuned into in case if you haven't done already also if you are listening to this podcast on apple or spotify please follow and if possible request you to leave a rating and review so that it will help us reach more and more people and if you have loved this episode and found the conversation useful request you to share with at least three or four friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice thank you so much in advance now let's hop into the trigger segment of today's episode so today we had a wonderful conversation about uh, emotional intelligence so i thought i'll present you one fact related to this emotional intelligence and uh, understanding this emotional intelligence can be easier if we take some time to think about individual emotions and there is a researcher slash scientist named prachik who came up with prachik's uh, wheel of emotions and uh, what he presented is the emotional range can be reduced to eight core emotions and these eight can be intensified lessened and or combined to provide the full spectrum of human emotions and they are joy trust fear surprise sadness disgust anger and anticipation in case if you are aware of these eight building blocks of emotions it is a great way to improve our emotional intelligence in our daily life likewise if you have any excellent tips related to managing the emotional intelligence well and increasing our emotional quotient please feel free to comment in case if you are watching it on youtube in the form of comments or if you have found this episode on social media comment on the social media app wherever you have found this episode that's all for today thank you so much for joining me and folks do not forget to share your topic recommendations and guest speaker suggestions through social media or email me at the guiding voice for you at gmail.com i'm your host navin samala just a fellow professional but a passionate learner on a mission to make the world a better place to live through conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and to your career 
I'm signing off for today. Until next time, bye-bye. See you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest.